and welcome to the North Decatur Presbyterian Church Sermon Series. We're a PCUSA congregation in Decatur, Georgia. If you'd like to find out more about us, go to ndpc.org or just come by and visit. Here's this week's sermon. Our scripture reading this morning and our sermon are one and the same. This is an old story. It is a new story. Listen with your ears as well as your heart. In the beginning, long ago in the beginning, there was chaos. Tohu vabohu. A formless void. And the wind of God, uncontained and creative, hovered over the chaos. And then God spoke a word. Light. Let there be light. And there was light. And God kept speaking. God kept ordering and creating, separating this from that, giving each and everything in the creation its own perfect place. And all of it was good. And when it was almost done, God made you. And then God said to everything that was, rest and delight. And so there you were. There you were in a garden, surrounded by everything that you could ever need. There was food, and there was shelter from the sun, and there was work to do, and there was even a partner in whom to delight. And God was there with you in the garden, And all was well. And God said, all of this around you is yours. All of it. Except that one tree over there. Don't touch it. But but our longing to know and possess what can't be known and possessed, got a hold of us. And we ate from the forbidden tree. And that was a breach of trust. And you know that when trust is broken, it can take a long, long time to repair. 
and we were sent out of that garden to live here on our own. And life outside the garden is hard. It's hard for us to know how to live here together. A brother kills his own flesh and blood, and that blood cries out from the ground itself, and the question still hangs in the air from Decatur to Dubai, from Kenya to Kenosha. Am I my brother's keeper? We couldn't stop acting selfishly. We couldn't stop hurting each other. We couldn't stop defacing the image of God. And God watched it all and slowly boiled on the inside. Finally, God made it rain. God made it rain and it rained. It poured down rain and the water rose up on the ground and soon it swallowed up every living thing. Every living thing except what was in the boat. And when the waters finally dried up, there was a bow in the sky and there was a promise from God. You are my people, and from this moment on, I will take care of you. And God did take care of us. God does take care of us. Even going so far as to enter into the lives of individual people, God called out to Abraham and Sarah, Go away from the place that you love, the place that you know, to a strange place. I will show you where. And they did. And one night on the journey, Abraham went outside and looked up at the stars. And God said, those stars, those are your children and your children's children. And Abraham believed and Sarah laughed. Those children of Abraham were quite a handful, as children tend to be. Isaac, the traumatized one, never quite forgave his father for holding the knife over him. Who can blame him? Jacob was a thief who wrestled with God. Joseph was the punk kid whom everyone hated who ended up saving his people in the end. And then there was Moses. Moses, the baby floating on the water to escape a genocide. Moses, raised in the king's house. Moses, who killed a man in a righteous rage. Moses, who looked to the side and saw a bush on fire and heard God say, I hear my people crying out. Moses, go to Pharaoh and bring them into freedom. Moses wanted no part of it. But when I am tells you to do something, you do it. And so Moses led the people out of slavery. 
but the armies followed them right up to the edge of the sea and the people could feel the rumble of the horses and the chariots closing in behind them to kill them. And just then God parted the water and the people walked through on the dry land. And God closed the waters on top of the Egyptian army. And on the other side, in that sweet freedom, Miriam danced and sang. But it turns out we were only free from the Egyptians. Not from fear, not free from doubt, and not free from sin, and not free from the harshness of life in the desert. So God provided water to drink, and, and God provided food, even though it had to be scraped off the ground every morning. But it was enough, but even so, the people groused. And they said, how much better it was when we used to be back in Egypt. So God called Moses up on top of the mountain to talk, and God said, my people need clear instructions about how to live. Moses, here are ten of them. Take them down and give them to my people and let them be a gift to nourish and sustain life. And so Moses took those ten rules and brought them down the mountain, and when he did, he saw his family gathered around a golden cow. And that was almost the end of the story again. But God let Joshua bring the people across the Jordan River and into that promised land, into a land that flowed with milk and honey, a land of hope, a land that was also already occupied by people who were not so happy to see these new folks arriving. And so began this long and difficult and painful process by which the people of God have to figure out who they are in the midst of lots of other different kinds of people. Over the years, God's people have managed and survived. And threats would rise and fall but God's people never felt secure enough in themselves. We never felt secure enough with our life of worship and prayer and kindness and mutual aid. We've always been afraid, first of the Philistines and then the Egyptians and then the Assyrians and then the Babylonians and then the Persians. Finally, we insisted that God give us a king. If only we have a king, we won't be afraid anymore. God said, you don't want a king. You don't know what kings do with their power. You're better off without a king. But we said, no, give us a king. And God said, okay. You asked for it. And the people got Saul, who was deposed, and then... We got David, who was the best of them all, a poet and a musician and a slayer of giants and a liar and an adulterer. Dozens and dozens of kings would follow in line, and guess what? God was right. 
Kings abuse their power and hoard the wealth and they abandon the way and people suffer. And so God raises up prophets Prophets who come from all walks of life, God gives them insight to speak truth to power. And they did, and they still do. They preach and protest and make life miserable for corrupt kings. Their names were Jeremiah and Ezekiel, Elijah and Elisha and Micah and Amos and Hosea. And they said, damn the one who oppresses God's people. And they said, let justice roll down like water. And they said, do justice and love kindness and walk humbly with God. But the kings in power could never hear. And the armies of the nations around God's people circled tighter and tighter, and finally the holy city fell, and the temple, the house of God, was desecrated. And people wondered if God had gone away too. But at that very moment, Isaiah brought a message, comfort. Comfort my people. There is a highway in the desert, and every valley will be lifted up, and every mountain made low. And the people walked on that highway back home. They returned to their city, and they built up the walls again, and they rebuilt the temple, and they tried to rebuild their faith. But they never quite found the right king who would lead them. And then one afternoon in a small village in the middle of who knows where, a teenage girl heard a voice. Mary, I have chosen you. The voice said, you will have a baby. And she was afraid. But she said, let it be. And she sang, God has done great things for me. God has looked at me with favor. God who pulls the mighty down from their thrones and lifts up the lowly. God who fills the hungry with good things as the rich are sent away empty. And so this pregnant girl and her husband went to Bethlehem, to the city of David, and she gave birth to a child in the animal stalls. But that family soon fled the country because the Roman king had heard a rumor that a ruler was born and he started to murder the children. Mary's child grew up and we don't know much 
except that his family worked with their hands and lived among those who were considered poor. One day a prophet, another prophet, this one named John, stood in that same Jordan River shouting at people, telling them, repent, turn to God. And he told them to come and be bathed in the river and be made new. And they did. People came to the bug eater by the thousands. One of them was a construction worker from Nazareth. He went into the river and when he came up, the sky opened, and a bird flew nearby, and a voice was heard to say, this is my beloved. John knew what it meant, but nobody else did, not even the man himself. He fled into the desert, trying to run away there he was tempted to give up everything. And there he discovered something important about what he was called to do and who it was that had called him to do it. So he came back from the desert and began talking to people. He talked first to the fishermen who were being squeezed out by the commercial fisheries on the Sea of Galilee. And he said to them, the kingdom of God, the empire of God, is at hand. And there was something about him that was believable enough. And he said, I have come to proclaim good news to those of us who are poor and release to those of us who are captive. And they believed him. And then he said, blessed are those who are poor and those who are meek and those who are merciful and those who make peace. They are God's own children. And they believed him. And then he said, love everyone, even your enemies. And they wanted to believe him. And then he said, leave everything and follow after me. And some of them did. And he touched people who were sick and they were made well. And he fed people who were hungry and they were filled with good things. And he ate meals with prostitutes and with tax collectors. And he said this is the reign of God. Some people say he even walked on top of the water. As they listened, and as people followed after this man, they began to see that a whole new way of thinking about the world, a whole new way of being in the world was possible. And they laughed. And they sang, and they felt free, and they had hope. One Passover, Jesus went to Jerusalem. And he entered the city on a donkey, which was funny. 
And huge crowds gathered and waved tree branches and shouted, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And it was then that the people in power knew he needed to die. Jesus met with his friends on his last night and he did what they always had done together. They ate a meal. But this was different. Jesus washed their feet one by one and he told them to love one another just as they had been loved. And he told them that he was going away but that a spirit would come and be with them when he was gone. And Jesus broke bread for them and poured out wine for them and said, keep doing this and I will be with you. That night he was arrested and beaten and tried in a miscarriage of justice. And the next day he was killed in the most vile way you can kill another human being. And when he was good and dead, they buried him. And the women who loved him watched and they wept. And the men who loved him ran away. On the third day after he was killed, some of those same women woke up with the dawn and took burial spices to the tomb with the hope that they could perhaps do justice to the body. And they got to the tomb and the stone was pushed back. And the tomb was empty. And there was no body. And we're not sure what happened next exactly. People said that they saw him. Not a dream of him, not an illusion. It was really him. He spoke to them just as he had spoken before and embraced them and ate fish with them. And one of them even insisted on touching where the nails had pierced his skin. And then after a few weeks, he disappeared again. A short while later, a group of those who had been with Jesus were together when something just as strange happened. They felt an energy among them, a boldness among them, a sensitivity to each other moving among them like a wind, an awareness they felt of human community below the level of difference, beneath the differences of language and culture, a unity, an energy, and it made them euphoric. And it changed the course of their lives. 
They began to go out and talk to people. Lots of people, lots of different people, not just Jews, but also Gentiles and women and slaves and all kinds of folk. And they found themselves in so many unlikely places in conversations with people whom they never would have talked to before. And they said that the Spirit had sent them. And before long, there were these small communities of Jesus followers that were popping up all over in Thessalonica and in Philippi and in Corinth and in Rome. And all of them were different from each other and they couldn't agree for the life of them on exactly what it was that a follower of the way is supposed to think or how a follower of the way is supposed to act. They could never, ever agree. But they did baptize new members in the name of God and Christ and Spirit. And they did break bread and pour out the cup together. And they did share their things with each other. And they loved one another with a fierce and tender love. Just as they had been loved, they loved each other. For many years, the Romans were wary of this alternative empire with its crucified and risen king. And the followers of Jesus rightly wondered, will the way ever prevail? Will peace ever reign? Will love ever defeat the powers and the principalities that relentlessly assemble against it. One man sitting in a Roman prison dreamed of such a day. The day is coming, he said, when love will win. And on that day, every one of our tears will be wiped away and mourning and pain will be no more. For on that day, God will come and make God's home with us. God will dwell with us, and all will be well again. We've always wanted to know when that day will come. Some of us have said it will never come. And some of us say it is coming, we just have to wait. And some of us say, what if it's already here? So what do you think? What do you think? This is, after all, your story.